Congratulations, you're on the clock. Buffy's cooked up a new way to make money. Who meets here? But down at the Double Meat Palace. I think there's something wrong here. The people are dropping like fries. I think you're seeing demons where there's just life. And all new Buffy. <laughs> to the Order of Taraka, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. It's not a race. I don't know why I'm talking so fast. And this week's episode is Season 6, Episode 12, Double Meat Palace. We're talking about plot, we'll be talking about characters, and we'll be talking about fast food scandals. No spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, after it, comics, and probably other TV shows and movies. It's a podcast. It's a cast they do to the pod. It's just the name of the cast. The guy was like the hero of the episode for me. <laughs> I made a plug. Uh, hello, welcome back. My name is Kelly, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Stacia. Let's say hello. Hi, welcome to Double Meat Palace. Aw, that was, that was sweet. And my other co-host, Daniel, say hello. We're Beat Me, the podcast. It's not a job. It's just our name. (laughs) We're here to talk about uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, specifically the episode Double Me Palace, which originally aired on January 29th of the year 2002. Written by Jane Espenson. This is 17 of 23 for her. Last one was Life Serial, and the next one will be Same Time, Same Place. That's season seven, episode three, so it's going to be a while until we hear from Jane again, unfortunately. Uh, Directed by Nick Mark. This is five of seven for him. Last was also Life Serial, and the next one will be Beneath You, which is season seven, episode two, I believe. So goodbye to those guys till next year. Um, well, not next year, next season. Goodbye to you. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. That was three episodes ago. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Four episodes ago. Fuck, I don't know. Whatever. Tabula rasa. Uh, what happened in this episode? Buffy got a job. At a very famous California chain of burger joints known as the Double Meat Palace. What's the name of the one that everyone gives a shit about? In-N-Out? In-N-Out. In-N-Out, yeah. It's not that. It's Double Meat Palace. It's real. It's not real. Uh, she feels kind of weird there. Everything's a little... The people are kind of zombified and people keep missing. Like, I mean, there's, damn, there's a lot of turnover in fast food, but this seems a little too high of a turnover rate. So Buffy's got her, her spidey senses up and... Uh, then that's kind of it. She does some some digging around. Uh, turns out that uh, there's a demon eating people, and it's an unfortunate shaped demon, and it's uh, it comes out of an old lady's head. Is this a penis metaphor? <laughs> Willow uh, Willow cuts cuts the demon head dick off, and uh, that's the that's the end of the episode. Also during this episode, Buffy has awkward alley sex with Spike. That's it's, it was worse than fucking down the house, teamwork. in my opinion. Teamwork. Teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's this right. is the sign right next to them. There was. That's right. <laughs> uh, and also, Willow gets an unexpected visit from Amy, who throws magic at her and makes her have magic hands that just make stuff melty and uh, sometimes don't. But... Uh, Willow didn't like that because she's trying to be on the straight and narrow. And at the end of the episode, Amy comes back to borrow some detergent. And Willow says, don't fucking come here again. I mean, she doesn't say it just like that. But, you know, that was the gist. So that's it. Not a lot. Buffy gets a job. And, of course, it can't just be a job because it's Buffy. So there's also a demon. 
What do you mean? There's also all the Anya and Xander stuff. Oh, yeah. Also, Halfrek. Jesus. Uh, Halfrek, a vengeance demon friend of Anya's, comes to visit because she thought that Anya was summoning her because she's a vengeance demon, and that's what happens. Usually they get summoned. Uh, and I guess she was kind of summoning Halfrek, but only just to say, hey, you're invited to our wedding. And uh, Xander's a dick about it, that uh, Anya has friends that are demons. Because even though he knows she's a demon and has been around, alive for 1,400 years or whatever, it's still upsets and confuses him that that is part of her life uh a much much larger part of her life than being human and a much larger part of her life than being with xander so yep cool job xander fun facts fun facts about this episode i did not know this it's not about this episode it is about sarah michelle geller sarah michelle geller's first acting job was apparently in a commercial for burger king at the age of four commercial she says something uh the line is like do i look 20 percent smaller to you i must have been to mcdonald's because their hamburgers are 20 percent smaller than burger king's do i look 20 percent smaller to you i must to mcdonald's when i order a regular burger at mcdonald's they make it with 20 percent less meat than burger king unbelievable Luckily, I know perfect way to show McDonald's how I feel. I go to Burger King. Aren't you hungry for Burger King now? As the first time a company ever used another company's name in a commercial, supposedly, McDonald's sued Burger King, mm. the advertising agency, and Sarah Michelle Geller for that commercial, Whoa. which is fucking they nuts. A four-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which oh, like, geez. Hopefully, that just got thrown out. I didn't follow up on it, but I was just like, God damn. Wow. Still litigation to this day. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? So she just has this over her head for her entire life. <laughs> uh, the Double Meat Palace was shot at at the Hot Diggity Dog that used to be in West Los Angeles. Uh, I can't confirm if it was ever a chain or if there was. It was just like a one-off um, kind of fast food restaurant, but it sounded like maybe it was a chain. Nevertheless, they don't exist anymore, which is too bad. Now, uh, and this particular location is now a coffee shop. So, you know, more California-specific geography and landmarks that we all really need to know about. <laughs> the hot diggity dog. Amy goes to see Willow and gives her her birthday present, which, Amy's weird. Uh, she says potestus, and potestus just means power in Latin, or like, I guess, because I don't know how Latin works, but I guess it could mean you have the power. And I have a quote from Marty Noxon. The obligatory season six quote from Marty Noxon. She had a lot to say as the show, which I appreciate. I wish Love we had it. a fun quote from somebody on the show every time. Mm-hmm. All right. We got it. We got to say it. Ready? Quote. One of the craziest episodes we've ever done. It's just insane. And the monster looks like a penis. We know that. Talk about the <laughs> academic papers that are going to be written about that one. The castration fa- the, the castration fantasy made large. We were like, oh, my God, it looks like a giant penis. What are we going to do? We had to paint it because originally it was penis colored. It, is, it wasn't even a metaphor. It was just a big, giant penis. So we painted it brown. And then it looked like a brown penis. But we kind of went with it because the whole episode was so crazy. It was so weird. I personally really like it. I just think it's really out there. Again, it was just an attempt to have a little fun in a crazy season. It just got Baroque, though. It was just a weird, off-kilter, Coen Brothers kind of episode. So they had a monster that looked like a dick. Mm-hmm. And they looked at it and thought, huh, that looks too much like a dick. Let's paint it another skin tone. Yep. Mm-hmm. They Instead forgot of, like, that. <laughs> green or something. There aren't only white penises in the world. <laughs> Please continue the story of failure. Joss Whedon at some convention or something in 2002 talked about this episode and 
told everyone that apparently some of the sponsors of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I'm assuming include McDonald's and or Burger King and or any fast food place, were pretty pissed about the content of this episode and this plotline in general. Uh, he said, quote, the only thing we've ever actually been stopped for or asked to stop doing was the fast food run. When Buffy worked at the fast food joint, it made the advertisers very twitchy. So apparently the most controversial thing we've ever done on Buffy was a hamburger and chicken sandwich. Now I think it's time to start earning your money, don't you, Buffy? Mm-hmm. So what did you think about the episode? Um... You know, I think when you think about bad Buffy episodes, this is up there with beer bad and bad eggs. And, you know, honestly, watching it, it's not it's not nearly as good as bad eggs or beer bad. I will give it that. However, it's also, like, not that unenjoyable of an episode. Like, I don't find myself being like, oh, when is it going to be over while I'm watching it? So I guess that's the nicest thing I can say about it. That was a nice thing to say about yeah. it. I like I like the caricatures of the fast food workers and her like time there because working in a fast food restaurant or working in it like a corporate like a highly corporate setting like that where everything has to be standardized is really dystopian and off-putting because it like sucks all the humanity out of it and obviously Buffy's really experiencing that so found that to be like found that to resonate with me (laughs) (laughs) relatable content yeah Daniel, what did you think about this uh, episode? At first, I was, like, way more appalled. I mean, it definitely is a bad episode. I don't want to shortchange that. We all are, I think, all in agreement that it's not great. But uh, I really thought that it was people. And I was just, like, the whole time watching it, I was like, this is too <laughs> much for Buffy. It's just, like, it's too much. It's too much after a drug. They wouldn't go there to have all of Sunnydale accidentally cannibalizing people. And not even people. just Sunnydale, but the entire... <laughs> state of california it's like this is too much (laughs) um and then can you imagine buffy trying to like break down the corporate structure and getting like embroiled in legislation (laughs) i mean this is where you hire wolfram and hart and this is how you get the angel you know crossover that we all want she has to be protected as a whistleblower (laughs) she has to go to russia Ah, space yeah, I see that. I see that. Thank There's a, a branding inconsistency that Stacia is not happy with. The episode title is Double Meat, One Word. All the branding of the restaurant itself is Double Meat, One Word. However, there's a sign near the grill that says Double Space Meat Experience. I will say when you introduced this episode, you said it as if there was a space. You, you said, welcome to Double Meat Palace. Not Double Meat Palace. Hey, I like to enunciate. Anyway, Daniel, sorry. No, that was two words. I'm... You're so rudely interrupted. I double meat. <laughs> right, that's right. Double meat. You gotta say it fast. Double meat. Well, she Come didn't. On, Kelly. I'm so sorry. You're the host. The brand ambassador station is like, oh, I'm sorry. You, have to <laughs> you must comply. That is the theme of the episode. Right. And the twist uh, at the end, if you can call it a twist, I'm just maybe an idiot. I mean, even here, you're a part of the double meat experience. Like, that's telling me that these are people. Like, it, it, that was yeah. fine. But it was too much for me. So most of this episode I spent, like, losing my fucking mind. And then the twist is <laughs> like it was just doing plants. And it's like, okay, so it's not actually a big deal. So all these people were just genuinely like zonked out. Like they're just high yeah. on drugs. They're over their lives. Cool. But I was like, yeah, Jane, even Jane's jokes can't really fix this. Halfrick was really cool. I was not expecting that. Couldn't fix it. Even the score was really bouncy. Uh, one of the fun, yeah. like we're having a good time scores. Didn't help. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to watch it again. And even the bad, the bad guy, that was terrible. That was really, really bad. <laughs> really bad. Although she's iconic, you know, like, is a cherry pie okay? Like, mm-hmm. that's funny. 
<laughs> Jane. It was a J- good Jane episode. Funny. A lot of good lines. I think the the monster fails in concept. Not even like the dick thing. That doesn't bother me. Like I, I just. It's not a good monster. It's got a tiny mouth. Like, how is it supposed to be devouring people at a rate at which they're disappearing overnight, often unnoticed? I just feel like it's it just was not I a guess good. if she's eating all night. Yeah, still, I don't know, man. I feel like you're just not going to have the time. And it's just, it's just weird. It's just weird. And is it going into her brain, too? Like, all of the, you know, it's like yeah, eating it up know. and it's going in the brain. Like, that would make you sick, man. Like this woman. <laughs> What's wrong with her? Yeah, a lot. Apparently, she's got oh a fucking dick growing out of her head. Uh, I, I watched this episode three times. Um, the you know this weekend, and I, I at the first time I watched it, I was like, actually, this is a kind of okay. I don't hate this as much as I thought I was going to, or you're supposed to. And every subsequent time, it was just like, this sucks. This episode <laughs> sucks. I cannot wait for this to be over because like. I do agree that it is strange. It's it's like it's not a bottle episode clearly, but it is very much like Buffy is ninety percent of the episode, it right? Is, yeah. Um, and and I think the music. I think you're. Uh, it was. I thought it's interesting that you point out the music because I too kind of felt. I was like, that's. The, it's kind of bouncy and neat, which makes it quirky. But I also feel like it failed the episode because of that. Because of like, if you did want to go weird, Twin Peaksy, like Bizarro Land, you should have leaned harder into the spooky sounds versus the like da 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 Buffy shenanigans, upbeat stuff. Um, so I think that maybe that could have helped the color of the episode a little bit more. But yeah, it just it wasn't enough of anything. The bad guy wasn't good and en- like a good enough bad guy. The the creepy factor wasn't creepy enough. Right. The like the themes of you know it just fast food makes you turn into a zombie wasn't like enough there wasn't enough of anything and it just was like you can lift this right up it's another episode you check out the window and nothing changes because there's nothing there's no gravity to it at all other than Buffy got the job well the only continuity yeah. is that she has the job going here out like that that right, that yeah. gets a couple more points for me cool and then Riley meets her here so it's like there is a reason in theory yeah. for this episode all right. I mean, that's even better. Like, I feel like we could maybe have just even had her only have the job while Riley was there to see her and then, like, immediately shamed out of having the job. But yeah. we're here to support your subsistence level employment. Bravo. I I want to talk about fast food. Stacia, tell me about some, some stuff. Did anybody ever, was there cannibalism? Did you find cannibalism in fast food? Yeah. Um. No. Oh, okay, good, 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 good. This week, this week's research topic was fast food. <laughs> I like that you're delivering your, like, like Willow in, uh, in the Restless where she's delivering her report when she sees herself as being like season one Willow. My report was on the Russian Revolution. <laughs> Please tell me about fast food. Thank you. Um, and what I found was that overwhelmingly fast food scandals are boring. I don't care. The one that I kept running into was some tweet that Burger King tweeted. I didn't even read the tweet. I was just like, I can't. I can't do this right now. Hmm. Um, so I narrowed down on two instances of food poisoning within fast food establishments. Classic. And I've got a list of six, I think, instances. So I'm going to start from the oldest and move up to present day. 1982 was the oldest um one that I could find, McDonald's starts Ooh. out our list. Oregon and Michigan got hit with a rare form of E. coli from contaminated hamburger patties. Mm-hmm. Uh, 47 people got sick, but it was um, hushed 
up and there wasn't really any reporting on it and McDonald's basically continued on with no hit to the reputation whatsoever. Yeah, I definitely never heard of that. Yeah, it was, uh, I couldn't find, there was not a single news article that I could find. I mean, granted, it's from 1982, but generally you can find some, um, like, because newspapers have, like, digitized their archives or whatever, but there's nothing. All I could find was references and scientific papers to, like, this, like, food outbreak um, that happened in 1982, and then a couple sources that were like, we think it's McDonald's. <laughs> so I guess maybe for legal reasons, I should say, allegedly, it was McDonald's. Yeah, they're coming after you. If they went after SMG, they're coming for you, no problem. I know, right? yeah. <laughs> I'm not a four-year-old. I have no recourse. <laughs> Um, the next one happens in 1993. If you think food poisoning in fast food restaurants, you probably think about Jack in the Box. Sure do. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Uh, in 1993, Jack in the Box had 73 locations across Washington, Idaho, Nevada, and California that served hamburger patties contaminated with E. coli. More than 700 people got sick, and it killed four children. Unfortunately, if you're a child, you're a lot more susceptible to food poisoning. When I moved to Colorado... I heard, heard about Jack in the Box way back in the day, and I knew that that happened. So when I saw mm-hmm. a, a Jack in the Box for the first time coming to Colorado, to find it there, I was like, wow. I, I, I was telling Stacia about that. I was like, I would see commercials for Jack in the Box, so but I, I. there was never one anywhere near me until I was, like, much older. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, they came back. It was back. it was really rough on Jack in the Box. They paid over $50 million in individual and class action settlements. Um Basically, it came out that, like, the powers that be, like, corporate and jack-in-the-box were told that employees were undercooking the burgers because uh, it resulted in a better texture. And they were like, keep doing it if the customers like it, which is part of the reason why so many people got sick. Um, but basically what jack-in-the-box did was they took a hard left turn. They started selling their food for basically a loss, essentially to college students. It was so cheap that if you are a struggling college student, you're like, I don't care if I shit my brains out. I'm going to eat this anyways. And it kind of pulled them through the next couple of years till the, the like name hit sort of, you know, faded away a little bit. This was right. one of those instances where it was so widespread that it affected the way fast food restaurants handle their food. Um, it's a really interesting case if this is something that you're interested in. NPR did a really great episode, podcast episode about it quite a few years ago. Um, but that's all I'm going to get into. So next one, <laughs> 1997, Burger King. Mm. They had a meat supplier in a Nebraska plant that su- supplied Burger King 35 million pounds of beef that was contaminated with E. coli. They realized this after they'd sold... <laughs> And people had consumed 25 million pounds of it. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> Too many pounds. Um, 1,650 restaurants in 28 states, which roughly equates to one in four Burger Kings, went without beef for 48 hours. They pulled burgers from their menus because they could not find a safe supply for meat. Um, I read a newspaper article where one customer left <laughs> disappointed because he couldn't order a hamburger from Burger King saying, you can't have a Burger King without burgers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this supplier also supplied Walmart, Boston Market, Safeway, and Sam's Club. So they were all also affected, but Burger King was the one that by far took the biggest hit. And then Burger King, it didn't hurt their reputation that much because they immediately, once they realized what was going on, dropped all burger products from their menus until they could secure another source of burgers 
and they were like, we're not using that meat supplier again. Um, and the meat supplier was like, that wasn't really our fault, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> Give it three years and we'll call you back. Yeah, yeah but no, basically it was like a week later and everyone was like, we love Burger King. <laughs> no problem. They we never thought love back. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, next, we've got 2003. This isn't a restaurant I've heard of. It was a chain, though, called Chi-Chi's, which I guess was yeah. a Mexican fast food restaurant. Oh. Do you know it, Daniel? Yeah, chi- there was, there's Chi-Chi's out here. Oh. Are there still? No, 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 no. Okay. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen one in years. Yeah, so it was going through bankruptcy proceedings already. It was struggling. This is in 2003. And then, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, one Chi-Chi's restaurant served contaminated green onions. <laughs> Oh. That resulted of in the largest things. hepatitis A outbreak in the country oh, <laughs> has ever no, experienced. That's yeah. not hepatitis. Yes, um, six hundred. One thing. No, Look. yeah, six hundred and sixty people got hepatitis Ooh. from the contaminated green onions, including I think nine employees. Huh? Um, an additional nine thousand people had to be immunized, which only works if you've can like ingested the contaminated products within 14 days. So they suddenly sent out all these health things once they realized what was going on. And all these people had just like swarmed to the hospitals to get um, vaccinated. Even though Chi-Chi's was already undergoing bankruptcy and they had no money, the bankruptcy drug, which was like, Ooh, that was your bad though. So I'm not going to like inoculate you against anyone that wants to come after you. So everyone that got sick filed class action and they ended up having to settle for $800,000 in damages uh, that still had to be paid and couldn't be discharged with their bankruptcy. So bye-bye, Chi-Chi's. Yeah, <laughs> shit. shit. Wow, that's crazy. 2006, Taco Bell. I've never heard this about Taco Bell, but 70 people in the northeastern part of the country got E. coli. 53 of them were hospitalized, but no deaths, thank goodness. That was from contaminated lettuce, shredded lettuce, which is in most of their product. Projects. Projects? Products. Products. Thank you. (laughs) They're taco projects. Yes. And then uh, probably most recently and most, um, like, aware if people eat fast food in the United States, Chipotle. Mm. 2015 to 2018, they were constantly plagued with food poisoning issues. They had issues with norovirus, which is also called stomach flu, salmonella, E. coli, and even hepatitis A. More than 1,100 people got sick because of their poor food safety practices. The DOJ, like the Department of Justice, federally was like, you guys are criminals and filed a criminal lawsuit against Chipotle citing violating federal law by adulterating food. And Chipotle was like, oh shit, what if we pay you $25 million and you drop this charge? And they were like, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that was the largest fine that's ever been paid by any company for... Issues with their food, which apparently has strengthened the way that uh, fast food restaurants have to handle specifically like greens, because part of the issue with Chipotle was their cilantro wasn't cooked. And when you have greens that have come in contact with like sewage, you get sick. Damn, I didn't know Chipotle was like that serious. I knew they had something to do with the some green. I thought it was their lettuce or something, but like, damn. The really unique thing with Chipotle was, like, this was, like, a chronic problem for them for three years with different issues, whereas all of these other ones, it was an acute issue that was, like, fairly quickly resolved. Um, Yeah, which is what's happening here at Double Bean Palace. Yeah, and so 
there were two things that I came across that I found myself like noodling on while I was doing this research and I don't have great answers. These are just my questions. <laughs> uh, one, well, I guess one is an observation, which is, you know, food from a fast food restaurant can be great because it is standardized and every time you get it is the exact same experience. But that also is kind of like a weakness in the sense that if one McDonald's or one Taco Bell has a contaminated product, probably all of the ones in the area do because they're all sourcing from the same place. And so a lot more people are going to get sick from it than if it was like an isolated family run restaurant or like a local business. The other thing is, why is it McDonald's fault or Chipotle's fault or Burger King's fault that they serve contaminated food that was contaminated before they got it? Shouldn't it be the like distributor or the farmer that's in trouble for that? Like, should McDonald's have to be, like, literally checking their iceberg lettuce for E. coli before they can serve it? Like, you don't cook iceberg lettuce. I don't understand how that's, you know, their fault. So, I don't know. I couldn't find a good answer for that one. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it seemed like the fault should not necessarily be on them. I mean, there's definitely issues where, like, employees contaminated food. But, like, right. you know, when you get 35 million pounds of beef from a supplier that's contaminated, that doesn't really seem like Burger King's fault. I don't know. Maybe it's something to do just legally because they're the ones giving it to the consumer for some reason. That means that's their responsibility. Yeah, but wouldn't it be that supplier's responsibility to sell you safe food? Yeah, but they're not selling direct to consumer. That's the only thing. Like, I know nothing about consumer laws know. or anything about like the distribution stuff, obviously. But that would be the only thing that I w- would think makes sense I guess, where you would make the distinction, yeah. I guess. But. Yeah, I couldn't really find any good answers for that, so... I thought you were going to talk about the Taco Bell isn't real beef because that's what we had here. It's not real beef. No, I didn't do <laughs> no. any of that. I got I got really sidetracked on a hallucination I had when I was a child that took up a lot of my research um, time. So I didn't get that far. Would you, would you like to elaborate about, about that hallucination? <laughs> uh, one of the first things that comes to my mind when I think of fast food restaurants with food poisoning... One is Jack in the Box, and the other one is Machismo Mouse. <laughs> she said the words Machismo Mouse out loud to me and was like, you know, Machismo Mouse. And I was like, are you talking about a defunct children's cartoon right. that only aired on PBS in Oregon? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Is it like a Chuck E. Cheese type of thing? Right? That's immediately what I thought, Chuck E. Cheese. No. No. Not? No. no. It, it, was a, it was a Mexican restaurant that was apparently located in Portland, like a Portland chain called Machismo Mouse. And I, I have strong memories of going there as a child. And I told Kelly, this is why I thought I didn't like black beans, because they served them there. And my mom was like, you don't like black beans, and took them off my plate. And I was like, I guess I don't like black beans. <laughs> <laughs> but at some point, <laughs> I distinctly remember my mom saying that Machismo Mouse had been hit with E. coli and that we were never going to eat there again because it was, like, so gross. And I might be wrong. Like, I swear I was six when this happened. But I remember there being, like, a buffet where you could like select like salsas and stuff and so like in my head that's what the issue was was contaminated so it was like nothing was safe to eat there um and so i spent a really really long time deep diving into the internet trying to find some newspaper article about having any sort of food poisoning issues or equali issues or anything and i could not find anything so i don't know if i hallucinated it i don't know if my mom made it up because she didn't like eating there like i don't know what happened um but yeah so uh, chasing a (laughs) 
A phantom. <laughs> a mouse that never was. Yeah. Well, I mean, Machismo Mouse did exist. It did. I just couldn't find any record that it, you know, poisoned is, people. Yeah, as far as we know, the mouse did not poison anyone. The mouse did not poison anyone. <laughs> Machismo Mouse is fine. He's in Mexico. He's chilling. He's retired. Great sauces, great sides. And it was it was like a second home where I could run in after work um, and grab dinner really quick for myself. Um and I've missed it ever since it was gone. A Machismo Mouse to me was a place that you could go and really uh, be confident in the quality of food that you were getting um, and also the atmosphere and you know, creating good memories and um, just you know, having a good time. Oh, thank you for those the scandals. Yes, you're welcome. Just Incredible we just needed stuff. the facts. We just needed it real fast. Mm -hmm. They fucked up. And they fucked up, and then they fucked. Oh, beautiful. I love it. All right. This cow and this chicken don't know it yet, but they're destined to become part of it as well. So what happens when a cow and a chicken get together? Why, that's a double meat medley. Let's take a look now at the process of harvesting these two special meats. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, have either of you, starting with Stacia, I'm looking at you. That's how you know that. I'm starting with you. The listeners won't know that, but I see that. <laughs> have you ever worked at a fast food place? I have. Which one? I was a sandwich artist <laughs> yes. at a subway for approximately four months. <laughs> Oh, four months. Woo! How did you find that experience? Oh, it was awful. I worked for this woman who was from Poland, and she had, I think it was four subways in the area that she owned, and she ran, and every time she got mad, she'd start screaming at you in Polish, and it was just terrifying. <laughs> and uh, people were constantly quitting like a double meat palace, so then she'd just send you to a random subway you'd never been to before, and you'd be in the store alone, like, trying to run it, and you wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> and one time, I distinctly remember it was a dinner rush, and this woman tried to order 20 salmon subs for me and I was just Salmon. like yeah it was a thing that we were selling at the time it was like tuna but pink <laughs> and I was like I, I can't do that you have to order that many sandwiches ahead of time and she got so mad at me and yelled at me and left and then the guy after me was like I used to work at Subway I'm so sorry and then he gave me a $40 tip oh, <laughs> <nice>. worth it <laughs> yeah. not worth it and then one time uh, we forgot to put the bread in the freezer overnight because you take the frozen bread out and you put it in its little containers that it's going to bake in and then it proofs overnight in the freezer but we didn't do that so in the morning they were way overproofed and they'd exploded into the entire bread box and um, she was so mad and screamed so much Polish and we had to spend all day cleaning it out and we didn't have any bread so we couldn't really sell any sandwiches it was a mess a cocker spaniel excellent, could do it. excellent. Crazy. I always yeah. uh, kind of envy the people at Subway because they always seem to be working alone or with one other person and I know that sounds like terrible when on the customer service side because you're like there are people keep coming in but the other side I'm just like you can just fucking do whatever you want nobody's gonna yeah, bother yeah it was really um, really like skeleton crew it would be like you and the manager or you and one other person and yeah. that was it. I only worked for approximately four days as a sandwich artist. <laughs> uh, a long time ago. I mean, before, I mean, when, I don't know, when did you work? I, like, I mean, for me, it was in high school. Uh, yeah, it was, it was just like miserable. Freshman year of college. It was awful. I don't know. It just like, and it was kind of like, it was just kind of like gross. You kind of see it on the other side <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, this is like. When 
I was looking for jobs. I specifically, like, when I was looking at fast food jobs, there were jobs I knew I wasn't, like, I knew I was never going to work at Taco Bell because I didn't have to clean crusty beans out of anything. <laughs> and I really didn't want to work anywhere where you had to make burgers. Uh, but fast, but Subway, you're like, this is great. You don't have to cook anything. Everything comes pre-cooked. You have to slice vegetables and stuff, but it's not that big of a deal. Otherwise, it's literally just what you see when people are assembling your sandwiches. That's essentially the entire job. Um, but, you know, despite the fact that I only worked there for four months and I've been working now for like, you know, most of my life, like many years, Subway probably still has the most anecdotes for me of any place that I've ever worked of like crazy shit that happened and just like weird experiences. So I think that's part of why I like vibed with this episode because I was just like, yeah, fast food is weird, man. <laughs> like the people you yeah. work with are weird. The customers are weird. Everything is weird. <laughs> I-, I didn't say demons. It's just a vibe. You guys still haven't seen this manager. What about you, Kelly? I worked at McDonald's for about four months also. Uh, I was like 15 or 16. And yeah, man, I just like did drugs. And <laughs> uh, did, I was always on the drive-thru. I was never allowed to do anything else. I was always on the drive-thru. Well, because it was like uh, most of the other employees were Mexican and didn't speak a lot of English. So they would always make them cook shit. And like instead of mm-hmm. training them or letting them do literally anything else, they were just always on the fucking grill. And I was like... This is bullshit. I'm too high. I'm just going to smoke some ethically <laughs> at the store. <laughs> this is normal. You were Gina Havers, just zombie. Yeah, that's right. Zonked that's right. out, staring. What is it? Like, breaks are the theft of the, or something. Oh, my God. That was terrifying. I should have written that down. But, yeah. Levity is the levity. theft of, uh, yeah. yeah Jesus. Levity is the time thief that picks the pocket of a company. There you go. Mm. There you go. My uh, my boss, uh, what was his name? His name was like Leonidas or something. It was fucking cool. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> he was a dick and he was definitely like that. Has <laughs> 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 every Leonidas. Is, right? yeah, yeah. So I was, it was like, you know, I was very slouchy, didn't care, and just kind of like, there was a table that was about stool height. In the little booth, the little drive through booth. So I would sit on it all the time. You'd be like, you're not allowed to sit. And I'm like, whatever, man. Fuck you, Leonidas. I'm going to sit down when you're not here. And I did all the time. And then I was like, I'll show you. I'll do drugs and clean your store. Show that guy. <laughs> I bet he hated that. He's like, wow, look at this really clean store. You had so much energy. <laughs> so yeah. I think what you said earlier, though, about like the liking the characters, I noted everybody's name, all the characters. I thought that was the best part. And just based on my own recollections and, you know, so many people in my life, as most people's lives have worked in fast food and all types of food industry. It's like that really is a really interesting idea of just like how many weird random people come together for these jobs. Mm-hmm. And they're usually at big corporate institutions. And you do that kind of thing. You're like, I am an individual. I have to fit into this world. So I'm just going to do math and fucking clean this world. That's what I can offer here. But like someone else is going to offer like this and that. And like, and then when that person just bounces one day and they never come back, it is just replaced with another random person. You know, Gary Tilson's dead. Philip Todd shows up with, you know, grease in his ears. Like, that's great. great. That, that, just that kind of, little microclimate of people constantly coming in and out like from all walks of life and like lots of backgrounds and you know they're not going to be there for a long time which kind of gives you like this liberating feeling right you're like a job that's you know low paying is a lot easier to walk away from and so people feel way more entitled to do so as they should so it's like you know what not today man not fucking today manny i quit and it's just like ah 
so nice. And so, but so the turn, of course, the turnover is going to be super high. Demons notwithstanding, just normally fast food. You're just like, fuck this place. <laughs> I can't take this shit anymore. And just interfacing with the, the general public all day, every day is just, it hurts. Mm. It hurts. You really can only do it for so long. You're serving burgers? Cool. <laughs> I mean, customer service is always the hardest part of any job, honestly. It's right. never getting along with your coworkers. Yeah. Even if they're fucking weird as shit. <laughs> but they're at least on your team. Yeah. Like, at least you can be like, God, don't you, can you fucking believe that person <laughs> just said that shit to me? <laughs> I know it's interesting. I worked in call centers for a really long time. So that was mostly my customer service experience. And it's like, People feel a lot more emboldened to say fucked up shit on the phone than they would to your face. Mm. But it was also way easier than it being face-to-face with people. It's like you don't have that. I don't know. Sometimes like a safety thing, right? You're like, oh, my God, this person is big and yelling at me in mm. my face versus over the phone. It's like, okay, whatever. You just string of profanities. I don't care. Click. I can hang up on you. It's not a big deal. Yes, mute. You're good. You know, okay, let him run himself out. You just spin the wheel of abuse that you want. Yeah. I used to love when people yeah. got mad at me, putting them on hold. Be like, I'm sorry, you can't speak to like me like that. I'm going to put you on hold. And then come back later and be like, are you ready to talk to me? I can't fucking believe Yep. <laughs> so good. And face to face, you couldn't do that. You couldn't just like no stare off in the They're distance. They're just in your face. They're in your face, yeah. which does suck, you know. Yeah. Which is why this, like that zombification is such a shield too. Mm-hmm. You're like, I will not let any of this affect me. Press the button. Yeah. We didn't have bad customer service patty. experiences in this episode. I don't know if we do later, but. That's true. We had the one crazy order, but which I thought was going to become drama, but then it wasn't, which was fine. But like with the big family, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, we didn't see any like bad customer stuff. I guess the show didn't have time for that. We had other, and I don't think we that. actually ever go into that. I mean, that would be hard to fit into this episode. I yeah. think we had a penis monster. Yeah, yeah that was really more important. <laughs> well, when they start calling me Stinky Amy, I'm just gonna say, hey, not my fault. The other thing that happens in this episode is the Willow and Amy stuff, um, and how freaking Anya. But uh, Willow and Amy first. I was like. Amy went to go get a rat cage, which was kind of cute. And uh, I just have some some questions. Do you think being a rat fucked Amy up? Or do you yeah. think she was like this before she was a rat? I mean, we don't really see Amy a lot before she was a rat. No. Uh, I think she's probably already like this because clearly she knew the magic she needed to turn into a rat at will. Although maybe that was an accident. And she knew rack beforehand, right? And she we knew kinda... rack beforehand. Um. But, yeah, I can't imagine that being a rat for three years would, like... Make her more stable. Yeah. (laughs) Do any wonders for your psyche. And even in Witch, they were like... Or not Witch, but, like, in season one, even, or, like, early season two, we're just like, this person is... Her mom's a psycho. She's going to be a psycho, Mm -hmm. too, if she she keeps going down this magic route or whatever. So there is plenty of, like, Mm. talk about how powerful at the time Amy was. In class, I think Amy just worked some magic on Miss Beekman. You mean like witchcraft? You know her mom's a witch. An amateur psycho. Amy's the last person that should be messing with that stuff. That's right. In Bothered, Bewitched, Bewildered, or Bewitched, Bothered, Bewildered, whatever it is, uh, she manipulates the teacher. Mm -hmm. She does a little mind control to make her think that she gave her her homework, but she didn't actually. yeah. Like, that's not really above board. That's not cool. So clearly she's she's been using the bad magic that Willow got herself involved with, right? This, in the rules of Buffy that don't exist magic-wise, she was doing it bad, and we knew it. And Xander saw that and took advantage of that. That's why he had Amy do the spell for her. So 
thinking how Willow in high school never it never would have even occurred to her to mm-hmm. be something to do. Um, and obviously, I think now it would occur to Willow to be something to do if she wanted to. Um, but it, you know, you would think that you would get this like arrested development if you were a rat for three years. Like, if Amy came out, she should essentially be the same person that she was when she went in. Right. Whereas. You know, if you saw Willow, who had been a rat for three years, like, that would be a very different Willow than the one we have today. Mm-hmm. So, I've never really thought about it before, because you just kind of expect that, you know, Amy's grown and changed. But she was a rat. I don't know that she was actually growing yeah, and changing at all. She nope. probably would essentially be, like, the mind of a 17-year-old or however old she was when she changed. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense for her character. Because I was just kind of curious, like... Why is she the way that she is? And I guess she was just a shitty teenager that just was in stasis for three years and then resuming being a shitty teenager. (laughs) So the idea about her giving Willow magic, do you think that she did that intentionally to like throw Willow off the wagon? Did she do it just to to get her pal back, like doing magic stuff? Did she not think it was going to make Willow freak out? What was the motivation there? I think she did it to get Willow off the wagon. I think that she wants, you know, I think the implication is if what Willow was doing was wrong, what I'm doing is wrong, and I'm not ready for that to be wrong. So if you do magic again, then it's okay. Like That's kind of how it feels like to me. If it was, I want my drug-doing friend back, I would, why not stay there and hang out with her and, like, try to make her do stuff, you know? But I, so part of me was like, maybe she legitimately thinks that this is what Willow wants. Like Willow is just doing, not doing magic because her friends made her feel bad, but she really still wants to do magic. Cause yeah. who doesn't not want to do magic? Which is kind of yeah. what she said. Like, you know, like, well, she's like, remember how good it feels. Drugs. Yeah, exactly. Drugs. Yeah. Remember how drugs feel? <laughs> drugs. drugs. Here's some drugs. Drugs. They're good. Yeah. Drugs with no hangover. Enjoy it. Melt some fucking shit. See ya. Yes, time to melt things. Time to melt Great. Things. A terrible. <laughs> what I've been a, waiting for. A terrible. <laughs> Walks in. I mean, it's, that is a bad trip. Why? As, like this could be a yell, but I just need to bring it up now. Why did the pencil wilt and not her like purse that she's like, or all the test tubes because... that she's touching and just everything? Like what? It's so arbitrary what is affected and the way that it is. It's like that thing fell into pieces. That thing disappeared. <laughs> that thing. Went flaccid. I don't understand. No. What? That was foreshadowing. <laughs> I believe the subtext here is rapidly becoming a text. Ah, the last very important question I have for you is, uh, so Halfrek did the job, the heavy lifting, uh, for for Stacia in this episode, and I just wanted to know what you thought about Halfrek's assessment of Xander. Oh, Halfrek's such a good friend to Anya. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> I mean, she literally saw Xander for 10 seconds and read him like a book. And yes. she was like, Anya, are you sure, though? Like, I'm not telling you you should, but, like, have you thought this through? Yeah, I'll do something or say something, and, and then he has to say stuff like, it's incorrect for you to appreciate money so much or or observe. Here's how a real human would behave. Oh, so he corrects you? Well, no, it's just... Uh-oh. I think she said something like, he loves me, um, but sometimes it's hard. Yes. And I thought she was talking about just, like, being in a relationship in general because I feel like that's a refrain you hear a lot. Like, relationships are hard, they're a lot of work, but they're worth it. So I thought that's what she was going for. And then Hoffrek was immediately like... 
who told you that you're hard to love. Mm. And I was like, oh, shit, if that's what she's talking about, Xander sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like it because, like, they introduced, they've done Xander's doubts for pretty much every episode. But Anya's Mm -hmm. been, like, a steadfast. And I'm glad, you know, because I kind of maybe forgot about it. But, like, going into Hell's Bells, it wasn't just a a total blindside or something. Like, even Anya now is getting those doubts, too. I totally forgot about all this. So sitting down with Halfrick was excellent. And, like, Xander leaving like that, like a super dickhead move. Was mm-hmm. incredible. Like I'm glad. Like the show is showing us that he is definitely super in the wrong. And yeah, he's just has no way of communicating what he actually feels. And Anya, you know, is just, you know, I don't know, living in a fantasy really. And thank God for Halfrick to be here to. I don't know. I don't know what's going to change between now and Hell's Bells, but at least it's there. At least for the audience, it's there. So it was really sad that it seemed like Anya had never thought about it that way like because she's only getting this information through xander i mean we hang out with the scoobies but she spends most of her time with him and you have not been a human for 1200 years or whatever and this is the first relationship that you've been in you definitely have that where you're this isolated thing and so the person that you're with is kind of like your whole world and if he's saying that these things i do are weird and constantly correcting me and saying that you know I, I do these things wrong and I'm, I'm hard to love. Of course, she wouldn't really question it because he's the only kind of feedback he's getting. It's not like she's talking to Willow about their relationship or anyone else about their relationship that we've seen. At least she doesn't seem to have any friends. <laughs> this is the first friend of Anya's we've ever seen. So, yeah, it's really fucking sad. And it made me feel very, very bad for Anya. Well, it makes us and... as an audience member sort of question stuff, too, because we laugh along with all of the jokes that Xander's been doing for years now. But, I mean, it makes you as a viewer be like, Oh fuck! You know, I've been I've been laughing at all of that too, and there's a cost to that. Like it it, it is actually bad. It's sad, you know, that we've just been sort of here as a viewer, watching this sort of dissolution happen. And while it's funny, it yeah, you could definitely see how somebody, like, when their mind is opening up, they can flip around and say, "Wow, that was actually not very funny at all." But uh, she won't hold on to that. She will forget that mm-hmm. and then still super duper want to marry Xander for some reason. <laughs> well, I understand wanting to marry him, but I mean, like, as long as you, like, I don't well, know. If you had a big, no. if you had a discussion, if this turned into a, a serious discussion between the two of them where Xander acknowledged that, like, yeah, I, I do do that. You're totally or right. Or are weird I'm and I don't sorry. know what to do. Say something. Yeah, yeah. If they, mm-hmm. if they did talk, but you're saying that they don't talk. No. I don't think so. Well, I think it. At least in this episode, it feels like it goes deeper than just Xander trying to guide Anya to seem more human-like. Because in this point, he doesn't seem to want to acknowledge that she was a demon ever. He was like, Mm -hmm. do we have to invite your demon friends? Like, Halfrex here? Like, I'm going to leave. Are you sure she's gone? He's very much, like, anti-her demon side, which would be really alienating, I think, for Anya. To be like, this has been my life for a really long time. I don't think these people are bad people. I care about them. And... If you think there's something wrong with that, like, we have an issue, but she doesn't get that far. <laughs> no. Poor Anya. Hopefully she doesn't die. I'm here. I'm here. We're doing chemistry. Oh. So sorry I hurried. Okay. Well, I don't really have anything else to say about this episode that I don't want to do at a, a louder volume. I just want to shout out all of the best characters that the show has ever produced. There's Manny the Manager. <laughs> Of course, Gary Tilson, who doesn't want humor in the workplace. Gina Havers, who, of course, is basically a zombie. <laughs> Philip Todd, who has grease plugging up his ear holes. There's Tim O'Claire, He's the fry guy and the deliverer of meat. And, of course, Lorraine Ross, our new manager at the end of the episode. Excellent. Excellent cast. I want to see this as a workplace 
uh, family drama. <laughs> so I, would, I would watch that. Coming to NBC next fall. Thank you. Uh, Xander has food in his mouth this episode so many times. So many times. Every scene the man is in, there's food in his mouth and I can see it. Popcorn. Double Meat Palace Burger. Twice. Yeah. Goddamn, dude. Lots of food. Come on. Well, first you say it's cash. Then you come in, hand me a burger, blah, blah, blah. Five minutes later, oh, and by the way, it happens to be hot, delicious human flesh. You know, I know that they're supposed to be embarrassing and degrading, but Double Meat Palace really put effort into their um, employees' uniforms. And I'm sad that I've never worked anywhere that had chicken buttons on my uniform. Chicken and possibly cowhead buttons, as we saw, thanks to mm-hmm. Daniel's flawless photography skills, <laughs> screen cap <laughs> skills. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, chicken buttons. Who knew? Chicken buttons. Chicken buttons. That's a lot of money to put into your costume or your, your, your work costume. Your work costume <laughs> uh, for the company, assuming that most people quit within two weeks and don't bring the costume back. <laughs> high high expense right there. We should call all uniforms costumes from now on. Oh well, just jumping on that, I'll just jump ahead here. You said very expensive. I never noticed the buttons, but now that you say that, it makes sense because Double Meat Palace is here to waste their own money because not only do they give away these great fucking costumes that we're going to keep calling them costumes, <laughs> and then they just, you know, as she said, we never get them back. But also, Buffy has a a button on, or a little name tag that says Buffy Summer's Trainee. So they have to make two buttons for every single person every single time. They have so much turnover. Instead of making one button or not making a button at all and just saying trainee and you wear the trainee until you're a full-fledged per- I could Come on. What are you doing? <laughs> They're making buttons. How did she get a button in day one? I don't know. That's another great question. I've also never seen a name yeah. tag in a fast food place or any place with a first and last name. That's yeah. very intense. Yeah. I don't want anyone coming in the store to know me like that. I don't even want them to know my first name. Like, put on a fake name tag. I want to be Amy in Superstore. Yes, yes. I, uh, I'll be Anne. From <laughs> yes. I don't think any of the places I've ever worked, I've had you wear a name tag, but you definitely have, right? Yes. yes. Multiple places. Uncomfortable. I don't like it. Uh, when I worked at a hotel, I had to wear a name tag, and they would specifically, especially when um, they were mad at you, they'd look at your name and be like, Stacia, um, yes, I know I'm your having name. an issue, and you're not handling it well. <laughs> You're like, tell my boss that Stacia is not helping. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm like, yeah, write it down. I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to quit before you can talk to my manager. Don't fucking worry. <laughs> uh, Willow's embarrassing junkie fiending over, oh, my God, there was a conjurer's harp. Ah, ah, I mean, I'm focusing. I God, her. Like, that was cringy. It's too much. Relapse is a part of recovery. We understand that. Tapping her fucking straws and stuff. Come on, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Apparently, uh, one of the symptoms of magic withdrawal is ADD because she could not focus. She could not. Okay, maybe maybe you put this on your list already, but I have to shout it out in case you didn't. Buffy has a personality. She likes romance movies. She has seen You've Got Mail or Sleepless in Seattle. Sorry, that's what it was. Sleepless in Seattle. Right, yeah. she did. Wow. Yeah, she referenced yeah, no, it. I did not get that. Yes. Well, thank God you're paying attention to the watchers. Yeah, I'm going back to the stupid job. I mean, Buffy had to sit through training meeting her team, getting a locker, and yet she technically was not on the clock. I wrote that down, like too. a minor variation. Oh, yeah. I'm like employment violation, for sure. 
Oh, you want to just get into all of them? You want to just get into uh, all the fucking Ocean Valley? Okay. Uh, the chicken nuggets are just on a random cart after they've been fried. That would never happen. They got to stay in a hopper of some kind to keep them at a temperature that's food safe because what the fuck? Why are they just on a cart in the middle of the goddamn floor? Getting cold uh, and growing bacteria. We are grinding already ground meat. Is that what's going on? He sir, he put the dude, the one dude, one of the zombie guys, puts a giant fucking thing of ground meat and says, here's your meat. And then we cut to Buffy putting meat in a grinder that is... I mean, that is confusing. Not ground. Because if what they're grinding is plant material, wouldn't everyone that works there know that? Those were clearly cuts of meat. Do they pre-make it look like meat to grind? It doesn't make any sense. Insane. Uh, Pickles in a filing cabinet? Pickles in a fucking filing cabinet? What is this? Why do we have our pickles there? Dehydrated Uh, pickles. Yeah, it's a classic type of pickle. It's clearly meat, not vegetables, obviously, as we just talked about. And uh, that's... Oh, no. That's not how drive-through speakers work. Oh, Willow yeah. just yelling at Screaming the Screaming into the speaker. <laughs> <laughs> I was having a stroke about that too. Can you imagine if you worked at? And she a, could a, hear a, you too. Like it was wild. Yeah. That's yeah. So I'm saying, it, it, like one, one, there, it, like the two-way communication. The Buffy's not speaking into anything. She, you're just like, what the fuck? Uh, two. Can you imagine if a speaker is constantly on? There's no way to turn it off, and it's just and overhead blaring into the store the whole time. <laughs> Are we really supposed to believe this woman got into Oxford? (laughs) I mean, I guess it worked, though. She's just screaming into a cow mouth. Buffy, are you there? (laughs) You went through the jugular. <laughs> and then she got into the place after this happened. She just like walked Somehow. in. Yeah, did she break Somehow. a window? Why didn't she I do just that immediately? She was going to always like, break a window. Where did she come from? Yeah, Buffy, there's crashing. <laughs> also, Buffy, I did magic. <laughs> so good. Uh, you forgot when she was training how to use the grill, uh, the guy with the earplugs had gloves on, but Buffy did not. Did not. Absolutely did not. Oh, yeah, not being able to take a break. Well, she asked for an extra break. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see. Still. She was like, it's slow. Can I just not work right now? And she was like, no, you have to keep no, working. You have to stand around. <laughs> yeah, just like fucking Leonidas. That was definitely not his name. <laughs> Did you ever get told that if you have time to lean, you have time to clean? Yes. Mm. Yes, I did. <laughs> and then I was like, again, I'll show you. Let's do this. <laughs> you showed them all right. God, whose fucking turn is it? Hmm, what you got in the box is drugs. It's not drugs, is it, Xander? Not drugs. They were cutting the chicken slices Mm -hmm. on Hobart Slicer. Mm -hmm. My dad worked for Hobart for oh no shit like fifteen years. Yeah, they just do. They sell uh, kitchen equipment, so he would repair it and go to all these restaurants, and they just give him food and. Yeah, he would just fix all these type of things. I didn't ask him what huh. type. I probably well, it might be real. Obviously, that is the logo for Hobart. But yeah, yeah. Anyways, I was well, like, that's Whoa, fun. There you go. Yep. It brings me to an important question: Would you eat a double meat melee? medley? Oh, that chicken looks rank as fuck. Right? <laughs> it looks like a, an enlarged uh, lunchable slice. You know? Oh like, yeah, they, they, like, like it, and it's thick cut, which just seems like. Bleh. I have never had, I feel like fast food restaurants have done the hamburger and like a fried chicken thing. Mm-hmm. I would try that. That doesn't sound great to me, but. I mean, I've made one of those before. You just get a McDouble and you get a McChicken and you put those things together yeah, and I've heard have yourself a day. And it's got a, like a un-PC street name. Oh, probably. I'm saying it. <laughs> <laughs> you will well, not tempt me. Didn't, didn't 
McDonald's just come out with a version called like Lancy and Air. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a right. hamburger, a McChicken, and, and a then fish. and a filet of fish. And everyone was freaking out because they're like, are you telling us the chicken is air because chickens can't fly? <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me, sir. They can glide, though. Because <laughs> no one played Legend of Zelda. You can just hop on one of those things and ride it right down off a roof. Yeah. yeah. They do that in real life. <laughs> do children run around with swords and fly chickens all the time. I, I grew up in the country. <laughs> I know what I know. <laughs> I know what I know. Oh, fuck. No, I definitely wouldn't eat it. I actually looked up other types of meat medleys. I was like, what else have people done? So there obviously is a double down sandwich, which is what you guys were talking about. Joe Uh, Brett, I never forget. In the Philippines, there's a double down dog, which is a hot dog inside of two fried chicken pieces. Okay. Same thing. Okay. Just with a hot dog. Carl's Jr. had the American Thick Burger, which was a cheeseburger between a hot dog and a layer of Lay's potato chips. And apparently they also were testing out a a burger with smothered in gravy, mashed potatoes and onion straws as well. And I don't know. I don't know what the science is on that. And then, of course, the big one is going to be Arby's Meat Mountain. That's chicken tenders, turkey, ham, corned beef, brisket, Angus steak, roast beef, bacon, Swiss, uh, Swiss cheese and cheddar. And if you want to be adventurous, you put a fillet, a fish fillet on there as well. No, Hmm. it looks fucking is it horrible. real? I mean, again, I don't know if you can just put them together or or what, but apparently, I mean, from the article I read, it was something that was, I don't think it was in the U.S., though. I think it was somewhere else. Okay. I mean, it could have just been like a promotional <clears throat> crazy shit because it's like the fucking Carl's Jr. ones, man. Don't they always have those crazy commercials with like, here's 500 pounds of meat on it? Th- it's mm-hmm. like, okay. Mm-hmm. Watch it- Megan Fox eat this hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the slogan for one of them, I think it was Arby's, was we have the meat. We meats. have the meat. Yes. Exactly. That brought up a long buried memory of mine for working at Subway, which I don't know if your Subway had a secret menu. Ours did. I'm trying to remember what it was called. I want to say it was called like the Colonel or something. But when you ordered it, it was every kind of meat that we had on a sandwich together. (laughs) And it was gross. (laughs) Oh, no. I also went down, looking up those things, I also went down like crazy food ones. And so just a couple of them. Uh, There's a KFC donut zinger burger, which is like a piece of chicken with like two... Glazed donuts, donuts. For buns. crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack in the Box did a burger dipper instead of like a chicken dipper. They wanted to do burgers. You would just dip the burgers, <laughs> which again looked looked foul. It just looked wrong. Uh, craziest <laughs> one was Burger King did like a mac and Cheetos, like a baked mac and cheese, but inside of a Cheeto, like a Cheeto outside, huh. which like huh. looked really wild. And then the one that kind of relates to our episode is Sonic actually had a pickled juice slushy. And apparently Ew. it wasn't like bad, and I'm like, Ugh, I don't think I could even stomach <laughs> the idea of doing it. But I think our boy Manny would be hitting up that pickle slushy for sure. Back to the filing cabinet filled with pickles. It clearly has a giant like lock, like padlock on it, and Buffy's still trying to open the door. And I just wrote, Buffy doesn't understand how locks work. <laughs> she could have just ripped it apart in, in a different episode of the show she would just rip it oh sure but But you don't do that in front of manny the manager and he's even like it's locked and she's still jiggling it like maybe it's not (laughs) (laughs) or maybe he'll open it for me if i just pull on it enough times (laughs) she's a bad employee she does get fired uh another relatable moment of this episode was when during the i guess interview also hiring process and then she worked the same day right she had an interview got hired and started working immediately right mm-hmm. and already had a name tag before mm-hmm. she was hired yes they're very efficient with the name tags <laughs> so quick 
Um, she he was like, why do you want to work here? And she was like, well, I need money. And he was just like, I mean, I want to be part of the double <laughs> meat experience. I was like, God, every fucking employer is exactly the same. Oh, why do yeah. you do this? Why is I want money? Not a good answer. <laughs> why do you want to work here? Uh, I just love scooping ice cream. It's my life passion. I fucking love putting cold cuts on bread. If I can't do it, I don't know what I'm living for. <laughs> I was born to create sandwich art. <laughs> Uh, Daniel. Uh, just uh, levity is the time thief that picks the pockets of a company. That was hilarious. And it reminded me of the scene in The Office where Oscar said, uh, once in a while, I'll go on a long, long lunch break. And Dwight's like, time thief, fire him. <laughs> and then Jim's like, you've really never stolen any time. And then Michael says, you're a thief of joy. And I was like, that's good. <laughs> is that anything like the original Battlestar Galactica? You know, it's weird. It's practically a shot-for-shot shot remake. Really? Huh. That's cool. The story's kind of bland. It's about this guy named Dumbledore Calrissian oh, who okay. needs to return the ring back to Mordor. Really? That doesn't sound right. I'm sure Manny's not very fun to be around. He strikes no. me as a Dwight. Yes, but also uh, like a harmless dork. That didn't need to get eaten by a penis. No, definitely not. Which does suck. Wow, 10 years of not getting eaten by a penis and the very moment you hire Buffy. Yeah. Well, just uh, think, today's the last day he can say that because today he did get eaten by a penis. Well, I know, but it's like <laughs> if he just held on for one more day, he would have been safe. Yeah. He made it this long. Stuff. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, it's Um... Oh, Xander said that he knows working fast food places well. I really want to know mm. where he's actually worked. So he d- worked for a pizza place because uh, we saw that in Restless at one point. He was a bartender uh, <laughs> right. very bravely. <laughs> it's I mean, not a fast food fast place. Food. Black ale, right? But what, Black Frost. Uh, Black yeah. Frost. Black <laughs> Frost. Um, Black Frost is the only beer. <laughs> <laughs> but I think most of it was off screen. Uh, mm. When he went Jack Kerouacking between seasons three and four, he said he worked... Oh, yeah. no, at a strip club. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm, right. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. I guess the only one we know for sure is is, is pizza, but that doesn't super fit. Yeah. And then the ice cream man thing, which yeah. is weird. That doesn't this count so either. Weird. None of it. Oh, wow. I need to know where he's worked, like if he was at a taco time. I feel like he'd work at a taco time. Yeah, I can see that. We need the lore. <laughs> we need the lore, Buffy writers. Let us know. Disappointed by the lore again. Yep. Um, so... <laughs> Willow gets uh, wild magicked by by Amy, and she's just like, "Is this magic lightning coming out of my hands? I better touch this face to make sure." Oh, that <laughs> fucked up. Oh, I better touch this lamp. Oh, that disappeared. I guess it's magic lightning, not regular lightning. <laughs> what the, else did she touch? The rationale there. What did she do after that point? Did she just sit down and not touch anything? After the vase, when she touched the lamp, I'm like, why are you still touching things? <laughs> what Accidentally are we goes doing? and touched Dawn. Dawn just oh, turns into no! a, little, a literal key. She turns into a literal Willow key. Willow does not come back from that. No, no she does not. She'll be safe forever. <laughs> we'll put her in the junk drawer next to the batteries. Oh, no. <laughs> you put her in the like random. Oh, no dish that you have filled with other keys you don't know where they go to and then forget which, which one, one is, is Dawn. Dawn? <laughs> I think it's this one. No, it's this one. That one's her old mailbox. 
my God. Amazing. <laughs> I really love that idea. Oh, uh, fuck. Oh. Daniel. Daniel. Uh, how is Xander going to get a free meal for himself and nobody else? And it was on <laughs> Buffy. So theoretically, Buffy, I would I pray that she just had a free meal and was giving it to Xander. Because otherwise, she just genuinely paid for Xander's meal when the whole point is that she's poor and needs fucking money. Why would you accept? Okay, what is going that on? fucking incensed me because Manny is not the type that is going to let you fucking get away Give with giving your friends free food. Yeah. So Buffy absolutely paid for fucking Xander's food. What the shit? That's the entire point of this. How dare you? Okay, but also I do love the idea that she was fired and um, physically removed from the location and yet somehow still managed to steal a hamburger in the process. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is true. It's people just grabbing burgers. <laughs> to take just grabbing one off someone's tray as they're shoving her out the door. She's like, now I have a problem. I have to get another one of these. <laughs> I'm not allowed back on the premises. Oh, God. Uh, Stacey, do you have anything else? Uh, I have a couple more notes. Um, She took the finger with her? She just, like, stuck it in her pocket (laughs) while she's screaming, it's people! Like, what are we doing? (laughs) (sighs) Oh, and another thing that I forgot to say in my list of things, meat was just getting ground onto the floor. Meat was just overflowing Mm -hmm. that fucking container. Mm -hmm. Not a big deal. Yeah. And again, there's a fucking finger on the floor. There was just a finger there the whole time. No one. That's fucking Jesus Christ. Health inspector, where are you? That's my question. Where? Oh, yeah, just uh, my last one is just a, a completely random thing, but we usually have static shots of the Summer's home. And so we fought at the very end when Amy walks up to the house. I cannot remember the last time that we've done like a tracking shot of somebody walking up to the Summer's mm. house. Mm. We're either statically in the home or we're like right on the front porch. Maybe we'll go in and out of the door. But I don't know. It's just like all of, watching Amy walk up there and like literally walk up, knock on the door, and like they're just outside in the real life air talking i was like wow this is a real house and like this is real i wonder if the real place is next to hot diggity dog so it was just convenient that day it's either that or it's like i can't believe that like you would schedule of all the times you never do this why why are you doing it right now for this not inconsequential scene because you're fighting with amy but like what's happening why why even do it just have her stand on the porch show a static shot of the house and then show her walking up the porch. You know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. what they would normally do. But she was actually walking up her little walkway, which I'm like, I don't think anybody's ever walked up her walkway before. Incredible. Or not in a very long time, for sure. Oh, not I mean, I do remember time. those, the bug demon walking up. Oh, right. Yeah. Back in like season three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been mm-hmm. a long time. Oh, I mean, we've had like Joyce them like outside in the front yard. It's like a real place when it needs to be, but it's usually with like a buff, Buffy is there because mm-hmm. it's her home. It's just weird to oh, right. be doing it. So there was an episode where Angel was like going to after he had turned and he's it, like harassing her mom. Yeah, like she knocks into her with the groceries mm-hmm. and stuff. I just remember him like accidentally throwing an orange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, show. It's like ninety nine cent breakfast. I, I don't know. I saw that too. What a deal! Yeah. What a deal! It's a great deal. Such a deal. Maybe they just had a food poisoning epidemic. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, shout out to the fucking art department. They did so much work in this episode, not only making the uniforms or whatever they had to do, like sources. I mean, maybe Cynthia Bergstrom, the, the costume designer, sourced those those beautiful costumes. I'm sorry I said uniform. Uh, but the, the close-up on the register with all the buttons, that's fucking real. All the branding, the signage and everything, all that's real. Like, And the photos 
of the, the food actually mm-hmm. have the double meat logo on them. So the art department had to make fry containers and make drinks like cups and all that kind of stuff. That's so much work. I mean, it's no wonder they did more than one episode in this location because that is so much work to go into never use it again. That's the thing. I mean, that's why it, like, it definitely comes off as real. It's like the same with Breaking Bad, right? You've got mm-hmm. a whole restaurant, Los Pollos Hermanos, which is fake, but it's real. And it's like, man, you just know when you see shit like that, hopefully – because this show doesn't have a million dollars, it's like, they're going to be back. We're going to be back in this location mm-hmm. multiple times, which is cool. And I'm glad that they put in the effort because it really paid off in that way. Extra points for that. Yes, for sure. I just thought it's funny how Willow understands consent when it's hers that's violated. Ah, Tara! <laughs> hey, respect the narrative flow much? Yeah, no one's going to top that. Well... <laughs> Uh, this is a good a time as any to remind you all that we are a real podcast and you can find us everywhere at Beat Me Pod. That's Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. We have a website. It's beatmepod.wordpress.com where it will contain notes about our show. Like if we have any references, maybe we'll have a spot for McDonald's or maybe Daniel can find that Burger King commercial with SMG in it. Pod.wordpress.com. You can find all that there. We also have a playlist on Spotify that has all the music that we use in our podcast as well as any music that is played in Buffy the Vampire Slayer that is available on Spotify and that is the name of that playlist is Beat Me Hyphen Funtime Playlist for Podcast Fans Season 6. There's also a link link to that on our website if you can't remember that because that's a lot to remember. Okay, moving on. It is time for the watches, please. Xander construction outfit watch, no, but we did learn he worked at some fast foods and we knew that. Maroon jacket watch, no. Anya belt alert, no. Both of them, as far as I know. No, no giant belt, but Anya's uh, top did have like a band, like a, a dark purple band. I know, not in this scene. She's wearing a big old coat. But uh, when she's talking to, to Halfrek, there's like mm-hmm. definitely like. Definitely, not a belt, doesn't not a count. Belt. Oh, come on. Doesn't count. Okay. Fine. My alert didn't go off, so. You know, and I, I'm never wrong. Uh, Dawn's piercing screams. <laughs> no, Dawn, Dawn actually. Oh, Dawn is right there. I was like, Dawn wasn't it, in this episode. Dawn <laughs> was not in this episode. <laughs> I mean, she was reduced to a moment that right here in this scene, she's like, you're selling burgers? Cool. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that was, that's basically it. That's all she said, right? The, the, what? Right? That's all she did in this episode. Oh, there was a second scene with her at the Magic Box where she's talking to Xander about uh, how Buffy's never going to be able to have a real job, which, mm-hmm. quick side note, I wasn't going to mention this, but... Uh, remember how we talked about earlier in the season, like, what would Buffy be good at? You know, what could she do as a job? Um, you know, we kind of landed on, well, she could be like a self-defense trainer or some kind of martial arts thing or maybe even a cop right. yeah, or a yeah. security guard or something like that. Well, turns out that Buffy does get a job or almost gets a job in the last issue of season 12. So canonically, the very last thing that ever happens in the series, the uh, issue is called Finale, appropriately. She graduates from the police academy. On is in school to become a grief counselor, which I didn't know that was like a full time job. So there you go. Yeah, but I mean, makes sense. But yeah, sad. Poor Don. Anyway, yes. Poor Buffy. Uh, Chips Ahoy. Yes. Spike implies, uh, sorry, Spike implies Buffy's a demon. And Buffy said, she, yeah, she doesn't know how he can hit her right. So they're just mm-hmm. kind of talking about the chip a little bit. Yep. Uh, Will is becoming too powerful, A. Yes, she's still struggling with magic withdrawal, as we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, Buffy has a personality. I said she has seen too many CSIs because she's talking about <laughs> fucking analyzing some goddamn meat. But you're yep. right. She is definitely a rom-com fan, mm-hmm. which is pretty great. I mean, that is good news. And I'm going to write that down after this so we have it in here forever. 
Uh, the Hoffman watch, no, but of course, Halfrick. And I didn't even, we it's... never, we should have had a Halfrick watch. I mean, well. that ca- it kind of, it almost counts. It almost counts. It doesn't yeah, count. But we did fulfill the Hoffman watch <laughs> yesterday. So we are officially one episode without the Hoffman. So we're good. Uh, Tara and Willow are on the pod again. Tara, not in this episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yes, Willow, or yeah, Willow for sure, compulsive highlighting. Um, you know that she's smoking a lot of weed through the withdrawals. Mm, oh, yeah. Um, Dawn also said that she knocked on the door when they were all going to the magic box and that she didn't get an answer, which to me is like, that's a regular occurrence. So she's either baked out of her mind or asleep uh, from being too high. <laughs> so they just were like, yeah, she's good and left it. Uh, Michael Wicka, Amy Gothwatch. Yes, Amy inexplicably is in the summer's home. Why did Dawn <laughs> let her in? This is the this is the point of your misery. You're still wearing a cast. Because of what yeah. Amy did to your friend Willow. So why would you let her come upstairs? I hate it. Buffy charging $1 for everybody who asks if she's okay. No. Books a million. This might be one of the least booky episodes ever. I can only say Willow's homework or whatever. Her textbook, yeah. Highlighting. And the textbook was just about, like, food. So, yeah. Was it? Uh, Streets Ahead. Yes. Double Meat Palace. That's pretty much it. Right? We've never been here before. <laughs> And Giles' biggest KO. I said, yes, he missed a chance to explain <laughs> Soylent Green to all of the Scoobies. And um, maybe he would, could have had a good snark about American fast food and how it's mm. ruining the world. And that yeah. would have been, you know, just icing on the cake here. So, Yes, that would have been. We needed a British person to be like, their food is just so, so sweet. Just so sweet. And the portions are so large. Yes, yes, indeed. indeed. And the food is, the food is human flesh. How <laughs> Americans and their cannibalism. Stop! Stop! Everybody, you have to stop! Stop eating! No, Listen to me, Hatcher! You gotta tell them! Silent Green is people! Gotta stop them! Stop But who knows? Who knows? What about the cherry pie? Ah, uh, well, thank you for the update. I feel, uh, more knowledgeable i was i learned what a belt was today so no you don't <laughs> <laughs> okay it's time to rank this sucker we're almost done with double meat palace dear god okay willow hack slash we talk about the net slash something wicked this way comes uh, i like was convinced <laughs> during one of the three times i watched this episode that she can used a laptop at some point but as far as i could tell no but willow did get juiced Against her will, she got on on the the crank again. On the magic so. train, yeah. <laughs> she touched some stuff and it fell apart. So that's a seven. Uh, Dawn needs an adult, as mentioned. Dawn not in this episode, so I gave her a five. <laughs> Monster of the week. Again, I will say I'm not mad that it was a penis. I'm mad that it was a poor idea for a monster. It was executed as well as a dick monster could be executed, I think. Um, But that is to say that I did not like the monster. So I gave it a five. Um, But great great kill count. In this episode alone, it, three people, I think, she is how many she kills. So, And that's like, Manny if we Gary. mentioned... Yeah. Yeah, Manny Gary, and then and he said one of my grinder guys also didn't show up. So I think right. that's implying that at least three people died. And she's Clearly been doing this for a long more. time. Because yeah. we know the locker had someone's stuff in it that mm-hmm. they gave to Buffy, which implies that person was also eaten because that's where they didn't get their stuff. And there was a box mounted on top of the uh, time clock that said gone. And I was like, hey, they watched the show. But it had all people's time cards that don't work there anymore. And there's a lot. So Yeah, there is. She's been um, hungry. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. 
Maybe that was a great <laughs> villain then. <laughs> hey, the spraying venom paralytic was new and fun. Yeah. I mean, because what's a penis monster without it spraying something, of course? Uh, season six Ew. category is uh, <laughs> Life is the Big Bad. Um, I mean, this one wasn't too... Uh, it depends on how far you want to go with it. The, the concept of it's people... Um, is pretty dark, but it wasn't real. It wasn't actually people. Um, the zombification of the minimum wage worker, the plight of that workforce period is is pretty dark, but it's like it wasn't over the top. Like, as we've discussed, it, this is a pretty typical, demon notwithstanding, fast food customer service experience. So I only gave it a six because it wasn't too fucked up. Um, the, but I also gave it a kind of a little bit of point of, for Dawn's realization that Buffy's never going to have like a career and ever gonna have a life mm. I thought that was a she's little she's the fucking slayer though I know which was like Sanders uh, great point immediately like she's the slayer why is that not good enough for fucking anyone, <laughs> anyone. <laughs> not even her sister god damn uh, relationship goodness or badness Willow and Amy seem to be on the outs uh, <laughs> Spike and Buffy, are they good? That 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 really slow, upsetting alley sex that Buffy was clearly <laughs> gone. <laughs> Not, hey, you've seen the show. That, She's gone somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, they watched the show. Um, Xander and Anya gonna say no. Bad. That's bad. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Xander doesn't oh, know it, but crazy. it's bad. Uh, and but Willow and Buffy are good. Yeah, they actually kind of talked. Well, they, not talk. I mean, Willow confessed. She was like, through. I want my friend to help me through my crisis. Oh, my God. I forgot to mention when Willow was doing her chemistry set experiment. And she was like, I'm not going to use magic. I'm not going to do magic. <laughs> Every time. Mm. Come on, man. Uh, I gave it a six, apparently. Uh, episode specific. What about the cherry pie? <laughs> Fucking fantastic. <laughs> One out of ten. <laughs> I gave this episode a 30, which is the lowest for the season. It might be, It's the lowest in a long time. 30 points. So that's all the way down to 12 of 12, right beneath all the way. Fuck this episode, as it turns out. I was like, I was talking to Stacia earlier. I was like, it's not offensive. It's not that bad. And it's kind of interesting because it's so weird. But yeah, just every rewatch, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Anyway, Stacia, where did you rank this? Uh, I put this at 97 out of 112. Yes! Yes! Yeah. Lowest of the season, for sure. Yes. Wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, what's oh, above okay. and below? Yeah, okay. So, it's uh, below Weight of the World. Oh, my God. Which, oh, wait, that's right. Yeah, the that world was terrible. Sucks. Which is when yeah. Buffy goes catatonic. <laughs> yeah. And they have a weird alleyway fight scene between Ben and Glory. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, uh, so it's below that in Shadow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is Riley takes Dawn to a carousel to try to comfort her about her mom dying or whatever. Uh, and then Glory goes to a zoo to get a snake, you know, normal stuff. Yes, that's right. Thank God you write these little descriptions. <laughs> You're welcome. And then above our Double Meat Palace is above Reptile Boy, mm. which is the Frat Boy episode with the penis monster in the basement. Oh, yeah. yep, yep. And this year's girl, which is when Faith wakes up. Haters. From the hospital. Oh, yeah. Horrible stuff. Uh, Horrible stuff. Yeah. You should find all the episodes with penis monsters and put them all together. (laughs) I should have put that as a category. Mm. But see, then you have to put band candy in there because if we're saying snake monsters are penis monsters, then. Not all Mm. snake monsters are penis monsters. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But Reps have a boy county? Don't you think so? No. He spends the entire time being like, 
He doesn't really move his arms. That's true. <laughs> it's like yeah. that impression that Kristen Wiig does in um, Bridesmaids. <laughs> she's trying to be a dick. Be a dick. <laughs> she's like, but like with less shoulders. <laughs> this is one eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so funny. Oh my god. Anyway. Well, that's Reptile Boy. Kristen Wiig in the basement. Okay. Uh, and we know that the Dark Age is still hovering at fifty-ish, so that's that's yeah. good. Yeah. But what is the description for this episode? I put chicken buttons, penis monster, <laughs> hello Halfrek, sad alley sex. <laughs> Female. Chicken buttons. Chicken buttons. <laughs> best part of the episode for me. You're cute. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. Thank you. Uh, Daniel, where did you rank this episode? Uh, this episode uh, is horrible, and it's been fun-ish. It was more fun to talk last week on a bad episode. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- not that it wasn't fun this time, but, like, this this is just not fun. It's just yeah. not It's just not good. Uh, ironically, even though it's it's – it's going to be a higher score because that's just the way things work. It's going to get a higher score, unfortunately, than even Smashed. Uh, it's going to be 126 out of 137. Smash is 127. Wrecked is down at 136. I could have put it down at the very, very bottom. But I do I do think like building the set, at least I was convinced then. I don't know <laughs> if I'm convinced now. I kind of want to put it all the way at the bottom now. Ugh. What do I do? I don't but know. But you don't I have any more. Put it. You don't have any spots. No, I do. I I have it right right down. One thirty second to last. Oh, one thirty five. Gotcha. Third to last. No, I'm just gonna stand by it. Stand by it. One twenty six. So it's one above Smash, which is not correct. Smash is way too low, but it just has to be. It has to be. What am I gonna do? This episode invented the Impossible Burger. That's it. We're done. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> That's true. They sure did. <laughs> That's true. I did have that thought while I was watching it. I was like, technically, they're ahead of the times. Yeah. They're ahead of the times. In yeah, a few know, years, so. they'll just start marketing it differently. <laughs> yes, they will. They're like, we and took out the beef point. flavor. <laughs> yeah. It's a form and texturized vegetable-based meat-like product suitable for grinding. It's blended with large amounts of rendered beef fat for flavor. But the secret ingredient in the beef is beef? Buffy. You know something powerful here. Do you understand that? The devil meat reputation is built on a foundation of, well, meat. Oh, okay. All right. Double meat palace. We got through it. We never have talked about it again. Thank God that uh, I didn't think it was going to be bad. We both, I think all of us were gambling. Like, beer bad was good. Everyone's an idiot. Double meat palace will be good. And then it was not. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, do you have anything else to say about this episode? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Other than fart sound? I think so. Daniel, do you have anything else to say about this episode? Beer bad was lightning in a bottle, and I just don't think we're ever going to get that feeling back. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're right. At least we had it once. Well, hopefully we'll turn the ship around next week with a pretty heavy episode, Dead Things. Uh, We'll see. I think that this is going to get a high Life is the Big Bad rating, at least. We'll see. Mm. I don't know. But please join us next time to find out. Until then, Stacia. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Daniel, say goodbye. It's podcasting. I have swum swum these murky waters, my friends. There's the assorted creepiness. They're staring. There's the enthusiastic <laughs> not showing up at all. I think you're seeing podcasts where there's just life. <laughs> uh, I have never felt so called out before. And uh, now I have to go. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Stop consuming animals. Variety is the spice of bad. And I'm not ashamed
the bloke a chance for his eyes to adjust. Damn boys and lights. Make him a bit. Hey, he's standing right here. Standing right exactly here. Dehydrated pickle storage. <laughs>